happening, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of The Beautiful Hustle, the podcast that connects the heart to the hustle of the beauty industry. Today, I am sitting next to my dear friend, Jessica Saunders. Well, hello there, Mr. Philip Procopion. Hello. I am really excited for today's interview. Um, this is one we've been looking forward to, and we know we're going to learn a lot from, and you will also. Mm-hmm. Today, we have Mr. Tatum Neal on. He is the creator of Elevate Hair. He is a social media coach and so much more. We're excited to dive in and learn how he has become the social media guru that he is known as today. Welcome to the podcast, Tatum. My pleasure. So, Tatum, there's when we were researching you, there's so much to you that I found so <laughs> fascinating between Neil Corp, family business, Elevate Hair, you're a DJ, you went to school for environmental studies, like you are, there's, you're an onion, just many layers. <laughs> I love that, yeah. Um, so um, give us a little brief history of uh, Tatum and how you got to where you're at today. Yeah, I mean, so I was sort of born into this industry, my family, um, started um, our business, the Neil Corporation, back in the late 40s. My dad took over from my grandfather in the you know, late 60s, 70s. Uh, I was born in 1980 and grew up in this industry. So grew up, I think we, we were distributing before we had salons. So mm-hmm. I think we got our first salon when I was about 10, uh, a few blocks away from my home. And so I remember walking to the salon and being part of the salon. So I just kind of grew up in this world. Um, and you referenced my education as most people who kind of grow up in a family business, your instinct is to sort of not do that. Mm -hmm. And so I went to college and went to the university of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, uh, which is a very prideful moment for me. (laughs) Um, got a degree in environmental policy, as you mentioned, and then afterwards was working for Aveda as sort of a corporate tree hugger, if you will. I was going around (laughs) and teaching people how to hug trees. No, teaching people how to, Um, be more environmentally friendly in their salon and how that could actually be financially rewarding through energy efficiencies and things like that. In doing so, I was around hairdressers even more than I had been before. And Mm -hmm. it kind of got in my head or they kind of got in my head that maybe I should do hair. (laughs) Um, And then one day, you know, our family's known for doing hair shows, um, actually. And then I was assisting backstage, kind of like typical gopher stuff, like go get me coffee, go get this not hair at all. And the stylist, um, Billy Turner, also known as William Edge, mm-hmm. needed last minute support getting the model out. So I actually had to do a little bit of hair, thought it was kind of cool and thought it might be a good way to sort of, uh, might be a nice gig to go along with my master's that I was going to get in business and sustainable development, throw in Hurricane <laughs> Katrina. Wow. <laughs> That threw everything off. I kind of was enrolled at Tulane University, and that kind of messed that up. And then I decided that maybe just go ahead and go to New York, get that edu- get that hair degree, and then revisit it. Once I got to New York, um, I fell in love with the city and also realized how difficult hair was. I thought it was mm-hmm. going to be – I don't know what I thought. you know. Just But anyway, so I decided that I wasn't at the level that I wanted to be. And so I stayed in New York. I worked for Frederick Fakai for a minute, then um, at Nick Arojo Salon Arojo Studio, and um, was with him for, I don't know, eight years or something like that. Came home and was working for the family, and that's when Elevate Hair started. And we started doing Elevate Hair and touring that, developing the social media, and then things kind of just blew up from there. And now I'm on the phone with you now. I love that. (laughs) So talk to us a little bit more about Elevate Hair. So... It, did it start as this social media platform that it is today, or did it start more as kind of those off-the-grid hair show type things? It was really both. I mean, okay. we, we wanted to create some energy and activity in our, our, air, you know, in our territories. Um, I had the idea about doing, instead of, go, you know, a lot of people think hair shows, they think, let me go show people what to do. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to do somewhat of the opposite. I wanted to go to a town and ask them to show me what to do. So then it was really about creating platforms and giving platforms to artists to express themselves and really trying to do it in a brand neutral environment, you know, where people, I think if you're with um, like, you know, Aveda, I've been with Aveda for so long, you know, I, I, it's, and if I think about people who have been with Aveda or with whatever brand that might be, Paul Mitchell, Redken, Mm -hmm. Goldwell, you name it, you kind of, it becomes a little insular and you kind of only see what's, 
your brand's producing, like the content that they yeah. create, the education they create. And I had seen a lot of other things working for different companies and then doing trade shows with Erojo, seeing all kinds of things. I thought it might be interesting to sort of uh, break down those barriers and not put a name or brand on the show. And then the hope is that people would feel more comfortable going. You know, if I'm with Aveda and you're doing a Paul Mitchell show, I might feel weird going because I don't yeah. know that community and vice versa. And so that was kind of the idea around that. And social media was just an, a place for us to communicate and for us to develop a community. Mm-hmm. And they started at the same time. My brother Garrison actually forced me to do the Instagram thing at, <laughs> at that point. Well, that worked and out we well. Got, <laughs> well, we, got the, we somehow got that name. It was like a miracle that Elevate Hair for some reason hadn't been taken we ended up getting the website too. And so all these things kind of like fit. And, you know, honestly, the Instagram page, which we've grown from zero to 125,000, it's all done organically. We never bought followers. Uh, we, you know, paid attention to what Hairbrained was doing, what Behind the Chair was doing. Yeah. Um, we talked to Gerard, uh, Gerard and I, our good friends, um, friends Brandy and all those guys at Hairbrained actually. And they would help me out a lot. Like I would post something and Gerard would be like, oh, you didn't tag anyone. And I, oh my God, I, I messed <laughs> up, you know. And so he helped me a lot through the early stages of learning it and then just trial and error and, and finding out what people really liked in my community and just staying on topic. And that's how we did the social media page. I love that. I think that's what I love about Elevate and, and Neil Corp in general, because we just interviewed um, your grandmother, stepmother, sorry. Yeah. And um, yeah, just like she talked about how Neil was the first uh, people to bring Tony and Guy and and really, yeah. you know, even though you guys have strong affiliations with Aveda, um, you don't necessarily see that on the branding and the the social media. And I think that's why it's been such a huge success. Because in the real world, hairdressers use several different brands. And I know all my hairdresser friends are all using all different brands. And so this is a great way to bring everyone together. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and it's, look, I love Aveda. Obviously, I'm a tree hugger, so I love, love what they do from an <laughs> yeah. environmental standpoint. I think that they do more than any other company and have been pioneering. Yes. But if you look back at the history of our family, we predate Aveda, right? Aveda yeah. came to be in 79. Mm-hmm. And we were, look, we were selling Aveda shampoo out of the back of our trucks and cars and stuff, you know, back in the day, but we are with other brands too. You know, we, we were the first big distributor for Redken, Paul Mitchell, Aveda, all those brands. We found a, a great home with Aveda now, but I, I do believe that it's important for hairdressers to have a community as well. Mm-hmm. So having your brand, having your salon, super, super important, but Hey, is there a way for us to just come together and be a hairdresser for a minute? And that's really what the show was about, was about us just doing hair and just being a part of that community. Um, I really think that hairdressers are some of the most valuable and strongest and influential people in the world. You know, my, my kind of, one of my missions is that in order for us to sort of create any impactful change as a hair community, we have to come together, yeah. right? Yeah. And if we were to come together, look, we can tell our message to the whole world in mm-hmm. six to eight weeks. Powerful. Mm-hmm. There's not one other business where you can literally talk to the entire world mm-hmm. on a one-to-one basis in six to eight weeks. The hair community is one of them, if not the only one. And that's, that's a part of the mission as well. Wow, what a fascinating perspective. I've never looked at it on such a macro level of look, seeing the whole world every six to eight weeks. That's incredible. Yep. No, it's cool. So let's just, so that's the whole, you know, that's the whole idea. Let's come together. Let's be hairdressers. And now with the TV show, it's actually even more incredible because I can have people from all over the world. In fact, this, this show coming up, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but December 4th, we have a show coming up and I've been following this hairdresser, Sylvester Finold and Sylvester, um, there's a grandfather clock in my house, so you'll, you might hear that again in 30 minutes. Okay? No it's going to be longer. Um, but, you know, Sylvester was doing this really cool stuff with um, hair, like with mannequins, basically, early during quarantine. So we started interviewing um, our first in the social media channel, then with some of the betas for Elevate Hair. And then we just revisited um, that for this next show. And actually, all these things that he'd been creating for uh, during quarantine – um, he got nominated for British Hair Dresser of the Year, Avant Garde, and I just found out today he won. Nice. Um, That's great. And so we'll have those images up on the page. And again, he's mm-hmm. in the UK. And so before, the show was really limited to your city. 
and was defined by whatever stage we were on. Yeah. Now with the TV format, we are unbounded by space. We can literally do it. We can have a show with anyone in the world. And with this idea of creating these like music video style shows and these music video style sort of formats of expression, people have total control of their creative side and, and creative expression. You're not on my stage. You get to create the stage. You get to set the environment. You get to build it together in a music video. And we share that back out with the world. Super exciting. And hairdressers, the uh, ones I've already been working with, you know, they're creating really incredible stuff. So I really do believe that Elevate Hair TV and this Elevate Hair show we're doing Friday night is going to be the future of of hair and the future of our industry. Um, and so I hope that people check it out every first Friday. Next one will be January 6th after this one um, coming up on Friday. And, you know, I'm trying to create the the new, the MTV for hairdressers uh, yeah. made by us, produced by us, edited by us, 100% hair. I was going to say, while you're talking, it reminds me, it brings me back to my childhood of like being so stoked when a new music video would come yeah. out. You know, when your favorite song comes out with the music video. And for me, it was always like the fashion, the hair, um, the whole vibe of it was it had so much energy behind it. And I feel like Elevate Hair has replicated that in such a modern um, way, especially that reflects the hairdresser and makes it really accessible to feel that excitement and that excitement to be so contagious. Thank you. I, it totally reminds me of music videos. Yeah, I think that's going to be that's going to be the future. And so um, it's happening now. We just did our first episode. Episode two is coming up every first Friday and we're doing it in the evening, you know, and that's yeah. that was sort of a uh, an idea I had. People really aren't in that space, but hairdressers typically are not going out on Friday night. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I did maybe early in my career, but I, <laughs> Same. I, once once I became established that that yeah. was not worth it. Right. You know, you, yeah. do, you make that mistake a couple of times and going again. <laughs> so you guys are home. We're home. Friday night anyway, that's why it airs. It's like our, you know, it's our Saturday night live, if you will, but it's Friday night. That's awesome. And I think our, our industry, which is what, again, I love about Elevate, our industry, as much as I love a really good hair show, a traditional one, it's time for change and it's time to start inspiring the new generation in a different way. Um, Not that it's better or worse. It's just different. And I love change. So I'm so excited about this. Great. Well, I'm, Tune in. I think you're going to like it. It's going to be cool. And I'm excited to see where it goes. I love it. Well, Tatum, we'd love to kind of get to the nitty gritty of social media. So this series, we really want our listeners to be able to learn something new on here and set themselves up for success with social media. So pretend that an owner comes to you, stylist comes to you, and they're new to the social media scene. What kind of advice do you have for somebody who's just starting out? Um, any do's, any don'ts, any, what kind of guidelines do you have for people? Yeah. So, I mean, regard, I mean, it's kind of two different conversations, but it doesn't matter who I talk to. I've trained people on social media that aren't in the hair industry. Hmm. It really boils down to finding out what you love um, whether that be hair, makeup, specifics of hair, makeup, whatever that is, um, find out what you love and then find out how you can use that to create content that someone wants. And, and you kind of have to think about both. Most people think about just themselves. Oh, I want to be a hair influencer. I want to do great color. Cool. You know, and and that's great, but who is going to receive the content? Like who is your audience, mm. right? And what are their pain points? What are they, what do they need out of the content, right? So let's just kind of think about from a, a just hair perspective, right? So you're, let's say you're doing balayage. Cool. You want to do balayage. You recognize Instagram as a platform where you can grow your business, right? So before you start posting randomly, figure out who is your audience and how you can develop that community. A lot of people think about Instagram and, and using it as a tool um, that they have to get 10,000 followers or a million followers. That's not really true. You really need 500 to 1,000 followers who are in your community who can walk into your space and get a service or buy an item. Mm-hmm. That's it. And so when you kind of narrow down who's your local community, who can who can buy the things you're selling, if you will, um, and, and what are their pain points around that and couple that with what you like to do, then you've got a direction. And so once you have that direction, then it's much easier. And you can boil it down. And in my classes, I really teach people to boil it down to who is that one person? What do they do? What do they wear? How old are they? Where do they hang out? Where do they eat? 
all these things, and then that helps create content that's mm-hmm. that's more streamlined. And I find personally, as an artist, if you give me a box and tell me to create inside that box, that's so much easier than if you just say, "Hey, create something." Mm-hmm. And so I actually find a lot more opportunity narrowing my subject and staying on and staying in that sort of vein yeah. uh, and consistent with that than I do anything else. Yeah, and you're right. Consumable content is so much. Uh, it connects so much differently. However, I feel like it's harder to create. It's easy to put out beautiful images and just spit things out, but making something consumable for the consumer, it, it can be tough. Yeah, it can be tough. It just depends on who the consumer is, right? So let's say that you are a super engaging hairdresser in a salon, right? Mm-hmm. So you are, and you know, like I, I'm not entirely like, I think hairdressers can be really technically good and they can be really great at the sort of communication and friendship sort of relationship aspect of the service. Mm -hmm. And those two things aren't always connected. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you are the type of person that, and I'm sure if you guys aren't, you know, the exact person in your salon, the person that just glows every time they see their client or just has the best conversations and their clients, you can just tell they're really excited to sit in that chair and be with that person for an hour. You know, it wouldn't be hard to have a page where it's you being you to your audience, right? If mm-hmm. it's just your clients on there, they actually might be interested on your with your commute to work, what kind of lipstick you're wearing today, what kind of coffee you had today. If that is your brand, if you are your brand, you know, then that's not hard to do. You can yeah. just be you. You can just be on stories all the time. You can create live events with your customers, connecting them. You know, so it's, it really doesn't have to be. You just have to decide what, you know, who you are, who you're talking to, and just turn the camera on and it happens. I love that. And I love that you said, you know, you don't need tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of followers for a local hairdresser, especially 500 to 1,000 can be equally as effective. I kind of went through that when social media was first starting. I wanted to build a following and built thousands and then I was like, what am I doing with this? Like, this isn't actually getting me more business by just posting pictures of good hair. And so I had to take a step back and like really reassess what my focus was. Yeah, no, it's, 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 you're absolutely correct. And, and I, and I just, if anyone's out there listening, that's trying to get started or maybe just feels a little lost, just like write down who is your, like who you are as a brand and who's who you're talking to. And then it just becomes easy. And another, I'll give an example of just actually content. Right. So let's say I'm a barber. The barbershop we own um, is in the central business district of New Orleans. It's called the Parker Barber, and which is an offshoot of Paris Parker. Mm. Um, our clientele lives in that area, um, predominantly business type people. If I am trying to have an Instagram page and I work in the barbershop, I need to think about who can walk into my shop and, and get a haircut with me. Well, that might be a lot of business people. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, and I'm trying to create content of guys with great haircuts, I might want to style my guys in suits and ties and not jeans and leather. Mm. Because the content and the haircut, regardless of the haircuts on, the end user is going to be a business person. They might relate to a great hair photo of someone looking sharp in a suit better than they would in someone in a motorcycle jacket. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's not my clientele, and my clientele is people with face tattoos, which is fine. There's literally a clientele for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that's my audience, then putting someone in a, a business suit might not work. They might not resonate with that. And so, again, just really boiling down who is your audience, it, it helps me create better content and it helps me get better engagement and better results. I love that. That's fantastic. And I think it also, it's so nice and refreshing almost for somebody who is starting out with social media or who is wanting to make a change in their social media. It's almost like be yourself type of thing. You know, it's like you don't have to be something you're not. You truly finding a way to be yourself and just express that through those three little squares. Yeah. And that's going to be, that's going to create, you're going to get more success that way Mm -hmm. than you will anything else. You know, Instagram really rewards um, integrity and, and, and real things work. And I can't tell you how many times I'll see just from a photo perspective, I'll see a, a group of artists or just for my own photo shoot. We did a photo shoot 
um, for um, this new product that came out for Veda called Nutriplenish. Booked a studio. We had influencers, hair, makeup, wardrobe, photo, video, everything, a whole production, right? Well, one of the influencers took a selfie. We did her hair. It was in the environment. She took a selfie. We reshared that. Then Aveda actually reshared it. It was wow. the it was like one of the most engaged photos in that whole launch, and it wasn't anything that we actually <laughs> shot ourselves. It was just a selfie from the influencer. But um, and some people get upset by that, you know. Oh, I spent all this work doing this photo shoot, and and then the selfie is what gets rewarded. That's just kind of how Instagram Fine. works. Yeah. yeah, it's not the North American Hair Awards. It's not the British Hairdresser mm-hmm. Awards. It's just real people looking at stuff, scrolling just like you and I do, and so real authentic things work the best and you're always going to win if you can just be yourself i do want to touch on one thing you said the three little squares i fall into this trap all the time like stop treating your instagram page like an art gallery Mm. it's not a lot of people think about their profile too much Mm -hmm. you know no one looks at your profile once they follow you ever again yeah I wish they looked at my profile. I would, I would, be, I would have so much more success on a wide variety of content because people could see it. They're only going to get fed what they get fed, right? So worry about the individual post. Be on brand. Be consistent. But worry about their, every, every single post you do. And don't let the perfection of the grid create paralysis in your life. It's created paralysis in my life. I see it happen yeah. to stylists all the time. Focus on each single photo one at a time. Don't worry about what happened in the past. Don't worry about the future. No one's looking at your profile page. It's so funny you say that because we've looked at our beautiful hustle page as like a whole profile. Um, and we're like, oh, my God, we need a black and white here. We need something that is gray monochromatic in this here because it's throwing off the symmetry. If you scroll four scrolls down, the symmetry is it's so funny. How you can kind of get like laser focused on something that really, truly doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not like it's not important, but you know, you'd be more, you'd be better off of like picking a color scheme for your Instagram page. Right. So, you know, my background's always white. It's always gray, whatever that is. Then you can insert images of models and with that same background that creates cohesion in your environment and on your page, you don't necessarily need for it to be in the grid. And the thing that kills me a lot is when you take one photo and you split it up into a thousand photos. That looks great when someone looks on your profile page, but I can't tell you. I've had numerous times where I'm like, oh, that's a great image. Let me um, – I want to share that on Elevate Hair, and then I go to it, and I can't because yeah. it's split up into six different photos. And I'm like, well, this is – I can't show an eyebrow. I, it's right. not going to work for me. <laughs> so – and look, I know I'm saying this, and then people are like, oh, shit, that's my page. It was my page too. Yeah. yeah. I, so I, I'm also a victim of, of this illusion that the – you know, your grid matters – um and but it just creates paralysis it yep. just really does i totally agree with that well i think that's what gives you credibility in this is that you've done it and you've made the mistakes or learned and and also social media changes so quickly what worked three months ago doesn't work the same now yeah i'm still struggling with the new uh, operate the new update i'm like oh, I, can't, yeah. I don't know how to post shit it's crazy um yeah. so I deal with it too. And unfortunately for at Tatum Neal, I mean, a lot of people look at that and they'll go, oh, well, whatever. That's like the redheaded stepchild of Instagram for me. I barely get to put, I barely have time doing that. Producing a TV show, even a monthly is insane. I didn't realize how much work that would be, of course. Um, no brainer. Producing a TV show is a lot. Also running a social media channel. I have one uh, person who runs, uh, um, helps me do the, sh- do the posting and things like that. Um, her name's Savannah Netkin. She's got a, her own page. She also has Elevate Color, which is a separate thing. So doing all these things and then also trying to do your own page, it's a lot of work. Yeah. So I feel you. I hear you. It's hard. Um, it's hard. Yeah. So speaking of hard, there's, I think, especially for someone who, you know, doesn't know social media or tech that well, and then that you hear a lot of things like algorithm and engagement, mm-hmm. and that can be very confusing for someone who just has no clue where to even start with that. Um, when, when you hear that, what's your, your kind of gut reaction when you hear, oh, I need to worry about the algorithm and stuff like that? Yeah, sure. There's a science behind it. Um, I, I think that if you're concerned about the algorithm and the science aspect of it, break down the term social media Mm -hmm. and think about it for what it really is. Mm. It's social media. So the same constructs that worked in normal social engagement work the same on Instagram. Mm. For example, if if you comment on a photo of mine and I neglect 
to respond to your comment. Ooh. That is very similar to someone um, saying hello to you and you ignoring <laughs> them, right? Oh, yeah. Instagram is going to reward people who re-engage with people um, in the same way that society <laughs> rewards people <laughs> for re-engaging with people in society. You know, if you... If the girl at the coffee shop waves to you every day and you ignore her every time, she's eventually going to stop waving at you, Ooh. right? And so if you ignore people who are, you know, high, you know, giving you any engagement and energy on social media, then social media, Instagram is going to stop showing their content or your content to them because you're not waving back. And so wow. think about it like that and you're going to have – it's going to feel a little bit more natural. That's a great perspective. Uh, so when you mentioned your photo shoot, you mentioned you did images as well as video. Is video something you've always participated in? Is that, can you talk to us a little bit about video? Yeah, well, no, of course not, because video wasn't a thing at first, right? And so <laughs> video um, is increasingly valuable uh, because video keeps your eyes on the page longer. Let's keep let's keep it in mind, right, that mm-hmm. social media of all all. Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, it, they all want you to be on their platform all the time, right? Yeah. And so video content can keep people on, you know, on your page longer, on, on your photo longer, or on your post longer. It takes more work, right? And so there's mm-hmm. a risk-reward, and the more energy you put into things, typically the more rewards you're going to get. I think video um, is, is like that, and reels honestly pro tip mm-hmm. just try to figure out how you yeah. can make it a reel right now because that's what instagram favors anytime there's new anything on instagram anyone who's playing in it is going to get rewarded handsomely because they want people to play with those new things and mm-hmm. so dive into video and what i would say too is for hairdressers who are interested in behind this like educator type stuff like doing haircuts doing color having people book you for those types of things. I think a lot of people are thinking, I need to do a full haircut on video and post that. Nah, actually, just do one section. Show us how you execute that line refinement in 15 Mm. seconds or less. That's going to get you more traction than anything else. Mm -hmm. Try to think about Instagram more in tiny little bite-sized bits than big productions. You'll get more engagement. You'll produce more content because it's easier, and you'll just have a relatively happier life. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey guys, quick interruption. We want to thank our sponsors for this episode, Serious Business. Serious Business is one of the most celebrated educational events in the beauty industry. It is designed to expose, evoke, and evolve our thinking. Serious Business combines inspiration, education, and wisdom from some of the world's most innovative thinkers. Hey, and you guys, we're so excited because we are featuring a fantastic giveaway on our IG page to give one of you an all-access ticket to Serious Business 2021. So all you have to do is head over to the Beautiful Hustle podcast page on Instagram and look for the post to enter. We're going to be doing a live giveaway on December 28th. So make sure you enter before December 28th. Again, head over to our Instagram page for a chance to win an all-access ticket to Serious Business 2021. And until then, stay beautiful and keep hustling. I'm kind of a tech nerd and love the whole aspect of the tech behind of this whole industry and even things Same. like this podcast. Like that really fascinates me. But there's quite a few people who um, can barely reset their phone. <laughs> Why are you looking yeah. at me? Why are you making eye contact with me right now, asshole? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's tough. So what, what's a good starting point for someone who is just really fresh at tech and is like scared to even think about a being on camera or the, the editing or all that, that you hear and you see all these big influencers doing? Well, I would say this, like, again, who is your audience? So if your audience is just Miss Betty, well, then just take a selfie video of you and talking about, t- talking about something. Make sure Miss Betty is your audience, so to speak, mm-hmm. when you're talking. Mm-hmm. And then do that post into stories and see what happens. Stories are like – this is what I say about stories and feeds, right? Your feed is like a haircut and your story is like a style. Ooh. What that means is that your feed post, right, that's going to live on there for a few weeks if you're posting regularly, right? A few thumb scrolls. Yeah. Just like if I get a bad haircut today – I've got that bad haircut for a few weeks until it grows out. Hmm. Your story, though, is like a style. I can blow my hair out. I can wear it in a ponytail. I can put it up. 
And then tomorrow it's something totally different. So I would just sort of lean into stories and play with content there mm-hmm. and see how it works. And then once things do well, then you can move that onto your, onto your feed. Um, that's what I would say first. The other thing I would say is pay attention. Like just watch a YouTube video on like how to take a picture. You know, so mm-hmm. many people can't uh, navigate just basic photography because yeah. we've over-democratized photography. You know, mm-hmm. everyone's yeah. got a high-def 4K yep. camera in their back pocket <laughs> and thus no one cares. Back in the day, you know, when you had film yeah. and you had the little camera, some of you might remember the oh, yeah. camera, you'd buy a fake a plastic disposable camera and you only had 36 opportunities. You were precious with that camera. You made sure that you got that photo. You did a big group photo. Maybe you did two, but that was it, right? You didn't want to yeah. waste the film. Now it's like we've, because it's, it, it's infinite and boundless, what you can do and what you can document, there's no thought into how to actually take the photo, how to take the video. You would be amazed at how just paying attention to where the dominant light source is and making sure that your model's face or her hair, whatever's the focus of the photo, is facing that dominant light source, how that's going to make your photo so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, Things like that. Here's a pro tip that everyone can do right now. Clean your damn lens. If it looks like a a 1990s glamour shot, your lens is dirty. Okay, And look, I've been to all the same clubs that all these people have been at. There's no smoke machine in there like that. Y'all's lens is dirty. Clean that off and your content's going to look better. Oh, that's great. That's a good one. On the subject of gadgets and tools and things like that, do you have any favorite like photography tools you use or scheduling apps or editing apps or hashtag apps. Are there any of those that you've found success with or really enjoy? Yeah. um, On scheduling apps, I am not a big fan um, because I believe that you will be rewarded when you do things organically on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually got to go to Instagram. I got to go to San Francisco and meet with some of the um, people on the beauty marketing side for Facebook, Instagram, as well as an engineer. I got to kind of give... I actually got to give my essentially my early social media class, the full day class to this, um, to these three people. And, um, they sort of vetted the content as much as they could without giving away the secret recipe. Um, and I asked them point blank, like, what do you think about these scheduling apps? Cause I'd heard that one was affiliated with Instagram and they're like, no, there is none. We don't own any scheduling apps. That's not how we do it. We want you just to post. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. And again, organically, I had a scheduling app that I was using, which I liked. Um, I wasn't even using it to schedule. Like I wasn't saying post at 8 o'clock, although that was a function. I was just using it as a repository, and I was using it to make my grid look beautiful, right? And I would go from that app and then straight into Instagram. And Mm. what I noticed is my engagement plunged by like 60% at the time. Mm. And I had no idea what it was. I thought maybe because I was sitting on content for maybe a week at a time that other people had seen it and it wasn't working. And so I stopped doing it. I thought that organic posting was an issue because of the content. But later I I kind of realized after hearing this, they didn't say this, but it just makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. They know every time you take a photo, it's encrypted with data, its location, the time, all these things, right? Well, everything that you're posting on Instagram is encrypted, like it knows where it came from. So if you go from a third-party app, like a, any of them, mm-hmm. it knows it came from there and not you, then it's going to sort of limit the engagement there. Oh. So I would rather do things, you know, I, I would rather save it in drafts in Instagram, load up all the information, like the, the, the words, the hashtags, the ta- all the tags, right? I would rather do that one day a week, build out my, you know, three, five, seven posts for the week, and then when I get off work and it's late and I'm tired and I can't think of articulating a comment or anything, I'm brain dead, right? Yeah. Um, I can just hit post and then it's there and then I'm there to re-engage. Remember what I said about someone likes your photo mm-hmm. or, you know, or comment back, right? Like if you're not there, then you can't do that and Instagram's going to punish you. Mm-hmm. So that's my two cents about scheduling apps. But if that's all you have, if like you're like, I cannot post unless I have a scheduling app then please, please, please get a scheduling app and use that. Um, Otherwise, I would recommend doing drafts. Cool. That's great advice. Um, What's your relationship with hashtags and choosing them and rotating them? Yeah, uh, hashtags work. Um, 
I post them in my original comments. I don't do the second comment. Um, I don't think that reads as mm. as an authentic post. You got to think of it like you're a 16 year old, right? So what's a 16 year old going to do? They're going to take a selfie with their girlfriends. Mm-hmm. They're going to you know post it right away. Maybe they do some filtering in Instagram. Maybe they do a couple of hashtags. They don't go back and edit the comments. They don't go back and edit the hashtags. They don't do a second comment immediately with all the hashtags. They Mm -hmm. don't do that. They just post. You're going to get rewarded by doing that. So I try to put my hashtags in the original, in the comments. Mm -hmm. Um, I try not to litter my, whatever I'm saying in the beginning with hashtags. So I'll do, you know, a few different periods or dots down and then put all the hashtags. Um, I try to mix up my hashtags as much as possible. And they, they work. If I showed you insights, hashtags work. Depending on, you know, the post, it can be quite rewarding if you use hashtags. So I use them. I believe in them. I put them in the original post and I mix them up. If you're just ham, if you're just copy paste, copy paste every day on Instagram, algorithm's going to think you're a bot and they're going to limit your engagement with that. Interesting. Um, speaking of scheduling, how often? What I mean, there's always like magical numbers out there of times of day to <laughs> whenever post. Whenever you can and, do it, yeah. whenever you can do it, and whenever your audience is there, right? And so, mm. let's imagine for all our viewers out there, you're going to be horrified. But just this is an example, and it's a gross example. It's an exaggeration. Imagine that your clientele, your target audience, is exclusively 11 to 13 year old girls, right? Yeah. I know. Take a second, gasp at the horror of that being <laughs> your 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 only clientele. But if it were to be, if that were the case, guys, what would be the ideal time to post during the week? Probably late at night. After school. Or, or after school. Immediately after school, yeah. right? Because they are, I mean, theoretically, they're on their phones anyway, but they're not supposed <laughs> to be, right? So they get their phone after school and they're immediately on their social media. That's when you want to show up and that's when you want to play. So where is your audience? Who is your audience? I'm looking at my audience with Elevate Hair as I'm talking to specifically hairdressers, mm-hmm. you know, who are interested in edgy haircuts, who are interested in Mullet Monday, right? That is my audience, right? So I'm all my content is focused on there. Saturday is not a big day for us. Mm-hmm. Why? Because yeah. hairdressers are behind the chair. Friday nights are a good, big day. Uh, Mondays are a big day. Um, those are good days for us. So where's mm-hmm. where's my audience? Are they going to be there? Unfortunately for hairdressers, your audience is more captivated on Thursday nights. And um, on the weekends, sometimes you're on the floor. So you have to kind of think about your audience when they're going to be there and do your post accordingly. There is no right answer. It is very much who is your audience and how are you, autom- how are you already engaging with them? So if you post three days a week at 5 o'clock and you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then you throw in a Sunday at 2 post, it might not get the engagement because you haven't built what I call network pathways. You haven't built any network pathways on Sunday at two o'clock. And so Instagram doesn't kind of know where to go. Mm-hmm. And those people might not be there. So consistency is the number one thing. If it's only once a week, cool, just do it consistent every time and you'll get better results. I love it. So have you migrated over to TikTok? Yeah, I have a TikTok. And unfortunately, <laughs> during the pandemic, uh, I, you know, I, I wasn't able to fully, you know, we were sort of expanding and then we had to sort of contract and so I wasn't able to manage TikTok as much as I would have liked over the pandemic, but I did. I did get one. Tatum Neal has one in Elevate Hair. So um, is Tatum uh, Neal doing funny little dances? <laughs> you know what? No, I wish I was. Um, no, I'm not doing funny little dances. Um, Elevate is just sort of sh- was sharing video content that we were seeing and just trying to be on that place. Mm-hmm. Look, I think TikTok is go- is not going anywhere. I know Instagram is doing reels um, and trying to sort of. In- approach on them, but I don't think it's going to work. I think TikTok is here to stay. And I think that the hair business should be there. Um, I'm not sure. I can't blanket statement say that every person should be doing it. Look, some people, they might have more success on LinkedIn and Facebook than they do Instagram. Mm -hmm. Who's your audience? Where's your audience? If If your clientele that you're actively working to court is 40 and above, uh, TikTok's not going to be your platform. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, if like for our schools, our our hair schools, yeah, they need to be. We're, I'm trying to get them into TikTok more, right? Because high mm. schoolers turn into hair schoolers. Yeah. So, so it just depends on who your audience is before you make that jump. So, yeah. but TikTok is fun. I, you know, yeah, the Chinese might be spying on us, but it's fun. So, uh, so uh, 
speaking to creating content that speaks to your user. And this is a, I don't know how to ask this question. So this is going to take a while to come out correctly. Um, how do people discover you who don't already know you on something like TikTok? For example, Philip is like, TikTok is all shirtless men and food. And I'm like, mine isn't. I don't right. <laughs> like, wow. TikTok, way, to, way to throw me out there like that, Jess. TikTok knows you so well. Mine's all like mom jokes and food. So we have that underlying commonality. Yes. But how do people, how does it, how do we get to someone who, do you know what I'm trying to ask? How do I get yeah, to someone do you, who doesn't do you get dis- know me? How do you get discovered, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, by a consumer, know, kind of more specifically, not for numbers' sake. Meaning, you want to you made a hair video and you want someone to see it on TikTok, right? Yeah. So, who are the people on TikTok that you want to see? I mentioned the grandfather clock. Is going <laughs> on. I'm going to wait just a second because it's <laughs> it's going to do six rings. Oh, I like it. Yeah, it's actually a nice one, but it's consistent. It's every hour it goes off. <laughs> And every 30 minutes. Well, that's okay, a good quality in a clock. <laughs> it works. It's working. Uh, yeah. So, again, think back to social media. What, 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 how would society work, right? So if you want, um, if you want um, lawyers to be your clients in your neighborhood, well, where are the local neighborhood bars that the lawyers go to after work? You need to go post up there and have a drink at the bar and meet some lawyers and tell them, give them out your business card, right? That's how things worked in the past. That's how they work now. So what you want to do is you want to go to whatever post you think you want to emulate. Maybe it's a hair post. You want to see who's engaging with that, and you want to check them out. You might want to like their photos. You might want to follow them. You might want to follow the people who are doing the posts that you like. Play in the world you want to be. Mm. TikTok is a great platform because it does just feed you exactly what you want the for you page is the default right it would be like almost like instagram if their default was the um explorer page right we know we can get lost on the instagram explorer page forever Mm -hmm. same thing with tiktok right because the algorithm knows exactly what you like it's going to curate it exactly what you want and it wants to keep you on that platform forever right and so that's how it's going to work so you know, you need to play in the world you want to be. That's why I sort of advocate, at least on Instagram, to have two pages because I like social media. So I've got my private page, which has tons of sports stuff and meme uh, meme accounts and dog things and all these things that have nothing to do with hair. I go live there when I want to look at funny memes. And when I want to focus on hair, then I'm on my Elevate Hair page. And I keep those two things separate mm-hmm. and I engage with them differently. And I try to engage with them differently because I don't want to see hair stuff on my private account because I see hair stuff everywhere else. I just mm-hmm. want to see funny videos of dogs. That's a great right? So point. I have to really make sure that when I'm on my private account that I'm not fooling with hair stuff or all of a sudden my discovery thing is going to be full of hair and I already mm. got that. Yeah, I think that's a great point too because um, I'm an SDP for Aveda. And so I see a lot of owners that use their business account as their personal account. And it really does, it kind of overlaps everything you've talked about. It muddies the water about what your message is, who you're communicating to, but then also the content that they're resharing. It just, it kind of dilutes that message and loses impact. Yeah. And you're not where you need to be. You're not in the, you're not in the lawyer bar. You're in someone else's bar and you're, you're going to get drunk, but you're not going to get any business. Yeah. I love that. So one last thing I want to touch on, and you've mentioned it once already. Um, you hear people talk about buying followers and comments and likes. Mm-hmm. And talk to us a little bit about that. Look, Instagram knows every single thing you do. So when you do that, you are going to get shut down. You are going to get um, either shadow banned or you're going to mm-hmm. limit the engagement you have because you're not doing it authentically. They know. Look, there's these things called pods. I'm sure you've heard of it, right? Mm-hmm. Where you'll have a hundred people in a pod and the the whole deal is you have to like and comment on five different posts and then those people will do it with you and so on and so forth. Well, that's not real. That's not real. And Instagram picks that up right Mm -hmm. away. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it's going to shut you down. And there's a lot of things you can do to get shut down um, because everyone's on high alert of of people taking over their accounts. Um, Deborah, for example, my stepmother, someone um, created an account that and used her photo and named her, named the account Deborah, Neil Barker, not oh, wow. Deborah Neil Baker. Baker. 
And then they went through and they were just following everyone that, that she was following. And then people started texting me saying, hey, what's going on? And actually, Instagram, the bots just shut it down right away because mm-hmm. they realized what was going on. Mm-hmm. Someone was trying to take her identity, probably to do some crazy political propaganda, yeah. right? And they wanted people to think it was her, and they were going to use that to their advantage. Well, before we even could tell Instagram, like, hey, and report it, it got, it got flagged because what they were doing was so obvious to Instagram mm-hmm. uh, that it wasn't real. They shut it down. Yeah. So you don't want to do anything that's going to make Instagram mad at you. <laughs> yeah. So if someone has started that down that rabbit hole, what do they do to get out of it? Because I know a lot of people have. No, just stop. <laughs> I mean, just stop. If you're in a pod repent. right now, st- go to stop. Instagram church, repent and show up fresh the next well, day. <laughs> it also goes back to what I said in the very beginning of this podcast, right? Yeah. What is your goal? You need 500 to 1,000 followers who can walk in mm-hmm. the door and get a service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what you need. A lot, you know, and I think you don't even necessarily have to like, have a professional account but you don't have to go business account right away. You don't need to see the analytics. If you've got 300 followers who are your clients and you post something and no one likes it, you don't need Instagram to tell you that. You <laughs> yeah. can see you only got 10 likes on this photo. What happened? Either the photo wasn't good, you posted it at a weird time, or your audience isn't engaged. Yeah. yeah. I love that. What, what would it be like? Look, this is crazy. What would it be like? And I, it's amazing. I'll make, because I, te- I used to teach this all the time in real life, in person. Mm-hmm. And, and even when I do a virtual class, it's amazing when I'll say something like, raise your hand if you want to pick up, you know, 20 followers this week. Everyone, oh, how do you do it? How do you do it? And I say, ask your clients who are in your chair this week to follow you on Instagram. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, shit, I've never thought about that before. <laughs> like, treat it like real social. Like, you want to see and talk to these people on yeah. social media. Make sure they follow you. It's not hard. But we think about it as this sort of out there idea. Right. And mm-hmm. we have all these like notions about social media that aren't obtainable and we strive for them and then we get frustrated and it doesn't work. I love it. I think that's my biggest takeaway Same. is go back to the definition and treat it like the relationships it is. I, that, I absolutely love that. I think that's a great concept and a great analogy to roll with. Thanks. Well, Tatum, it's been so fun learning from you and getting to know you. Um, one of the things we like to do with all of our guests is three random questions from the Google question generator. Oh, excellent. I'm excited. So up till now, <laughs> I've been able to protect you from everything. But okay. Google, I can't protect you from. Oh, that's fair. So I don't know what you're going to get. Are you ready? I am. All right. Hold on. Let's see. Okay. What is your signature wardrobe piece? Oh, too easy. Uh, Heavy metal shirt and denim uh, jacket or overshirt. Open. Yeah. I like it. What about you, Phil? Um, My probably my uh, what am I trying to say? Sparkly cardigan that I wore on Color Gym. Oh, yep. I love that. Nice. What about you? Uh, Platform heels. I always got skyscrapers on. Yep. I love it. Um, All right. Next one. If you had These are to, fun. <laughs> if you had to, this has been like some of the highlights of our interviews is like getting to know these it. weird behind the scene things. Um, if you yeah. had to eat the same meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, that's a great, that's a tough question. Um, because I love everything. It's probably going to be something. Uh, it's either going to be like something Louisiana, like jambalaya mm-hmm. or like, just like, a good green curry. I don't know. I'm just going to say jambalaya because I'm from New Orleans. Screw it. Jambalaya. <laughs> I love it. What is your, I think I know yours. Guess. Tacos. Close. You Ooh. would think tacos, okay. but uh, it's actually curry. Oh, okay. like a oh. super spicy red curry yeah. that nice. like makes me stank for three days. Okay. Love it. I'm in. What nice. about you, Phil? Um, I probably have two. Most people would, I would say pizza. <laughs> don't, don't make me guess yours. I'll embarrass you again. <laughs> don't. I love pizza, um, yeah. but like real fire oven type pizza. Or I'm Filipino, so like uh, there's a dish called adobo. It's like a chicken potato soup stew type of situation. All right, all Very right. vinegary. Um, all right. Last one. What makes you smile? I like that. Hmm. hmm. God, that's... That is so vague yeah, and, yeah. and deep. I mean, so many things. Um, 
Okay, I'm just going to relate it to what we were talking about in our subjects. Um, What makes me smile is when I have a a social media student um, take a class, and then I can, within a week, see the difference in their content. And they're not only generating better content, but they're actually generating more dollars. Nice. You know, like like I had one hairdresser go from $7,500 a month in service revenue to $10,000 a month in service revenue in just three months by doing taking my class and kind of going down the path. And to me, I, that makes me smile knowing that I could help someone else create success in their life. That's amazing. Um, I would say I'm going to kind of steal a little bit of yours, Tatum relating to the podcast, a business owner just reposted one of our episodes, the one with Mm -hmm. Renee Godard. And, um, she was talking about how she, the episode just really opened her eyes because she has a daughter with highly textured hair and kind of after hearing from Renee took a different view on it. Not that anything was ever bad before, but just really kind of saw it from a different perspective. And I, when I read that post, I was just like all smiles because a, we did something that helped someone else. And that's our goal is even just one person, but also something so impactful, like Renee's mission and, and her vision for what she does. And that was by far one of my favorite episodes because I learned so much. And so that was, um, that was a really good one. I hope you share that with Renee. She would love to hear that. Yeah. I did screenshot it and text it to her. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Send it to her. She'll love it. Yeah. Um, normally my you obviously know my first answer is my son i'm yeah. obsessed with him he's so freaking cute and so delicious but not, <laughs> i swear i'm not going to talk about him every episode so i'm going to stay in work, okay. i'm going to stay in work lane um and i think for me one of the things that really makes me smile and happy is when people realize that they have everything they need within them mm. so i again i'm an sdp so i business coach to existing aveda salon owners and when I can really help them utilize the power and the resources and the passion that already sits within them and help them channel it in a way that makes them see the potential of their business. I get so off and so excited on people being excited about their business again. Yeah. Cause obviously I'm the person that people complain to that's kind of part of my role. And when we can talk about it and come out the other side, like optimistic, I just smile the whole way home. I love those days. Love it. Um, oh, that's great. Tatum, one more time, give us the info on the TV show because I'm super pumped yeah, yeah, about yeah. that. So drop those dates every, again. So every first Friday of the month at 10 Eastern, we're going to go live just on ElevateHair.com. No Zooms. You just go in there. It looks nice. like a real TV show. It like, looks great. Yeah. All right. So you just go there, register um, every first Friday. December 4th uh, is coming up. And the next one after this podcast will be January 6th um, will be the first Friday of January. Actually, the first Friday is on uh, the first, but we're not going to do one New Year's Day. Okay. But everyone after that will be the first Friday of the month. January 6th is the next one. ElevateHair.com, 10 Eastern. Um, Intranet's going to be in this next one. It's going to be great, as well as Tracy Sagasitz from nice. um, Vidal Sassoon. So we've got a lot of heavy hitters. It's going to get better and better. Awesome. Oh, I love it. Make sure to head on over and give Elevate Hair a follow on Instagram. Yes. You are certain to be inspired by everything you see on there. While you're out there, head on over to the Beautiful Hustle podcast and give us a follow on Instagram. If you liked what you heard today, make sure to hit subscribe. Show your host some love by leaving us a rating and review. And as usual, guys, thank you so much. We love you. And until next time, stay beautiful and keep hustling.